Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. There's a quote that says, Blank pages inspire me with terror by Margaret Atwood. And I used to think that writer's block would go away after I wrote my first book. But I realized that's not true. And maybe Stephen Pressfield, the author of the book, The War of Art, would say that there's no such thing as writer's block. Instead, it's just resistance. And maybe the author Seth Godin would say, writer's block is imaginary because it's not real. Plumbers don't get plumber's block. They just do their job. But I would have to say that it is a real thing. There's nothing about putting yourself out into the world that takes courage if you're a plumber. You're just fixing pipes. And if you mess up, you start over. But there's a permanency to writing. And so many things come up for us. Writers put themselves on the page to be judged. And that's hard. Call it what you want. Call it resistance. Call it writer's block. Whatever is necessary. But just realize that writing is a work of art. Because you are. So every time people leave their messages and talk about what they are working on in their writing, I take it seriously. It is a block. It is resistance. And it's also true that it's not real. So today at another episode is just me. It's a solo show. But I'm going to be answering more of your questions, listener questions about things that really get in the way of incredible books. I'll be playing the recorded messages that people left me, and then I will be answering their questions. I hope that if you're writing a book, that you don't think you're alone. Some of these challenges you hear people talk about are the ones you have, and people do get over them. People do push past them. If you're feeling stuck, you're feeling alone, you're feeling like maybe I'll never really write this book, guess what? You're an author. That's what authors feel. If you're feeling like maybe you're a little bit of an imposter, or maybe you just can't keep writing, or you just get stuck in the middle when you start writing something, you're an author. Get out a post-it and write the words, I'm an author. I have one that sits right in front of my computer, and I look at it every day. And I have to remind myself, I am an author. Now, you don't have to have been a published author to say those words. You become an author the moment you decide you're an author. And also know that feeling of terror, the feeling of being stuck, the feeling of uncertainty doesn't go away because you get published. It's a creative block. It's a creative thing, a resistance that shows up. And its job is to help you learn that this is what you're meant to do. It's not a sign you're failing or you're falling behind or you're not meant for this. It's a sign absolutely keep on writing. Because the world wouldn't have this piece unless you write it. There's no one else in the world to do it. You're the only one. You're the one to share your story, your truth, your incredible understanding of the world. So get to it. Now let's listen in on some of these amazing questions that we have from listeners just like you. Hi, my name is Angie Coley, and I'm the founder of the Permission to Kick-Ass podcast, and I'm writing a book by the same name. My challenge with writing a book is actually, how do you pick the next idea to work on? It seems like I've got so many good ideas and just the process of writing the first book has spawned so many thoughts of what book I could pursue next. How do you narrow it down when all of the options seem really exciting? Hey, Angie, such a great question. What do we do when we have so many good ideas that we can't decide which to write? It's like we get stuck. It's as if those good ideas actually start to multiply when one good idea turns to two which turns to six, which turns to 12. And then we're stuck on what question is the right one or what's the right path for this book? 
I often say that books are born in pairs or triplets or quadruplets, meaning one book says, hey, you're going to be born. I want to be born too. Take me out into the universe and put me onto the page. So it isn't easy. Sometimes we do have books that want to be born and other books show up. But it's one of the author dilemmas when authors try to overstuff books with ideas. So many ideas can't be written at once. In fact, you'll lose readers if you try to write too many ideas. What do I do when I have tons of ideas that show up? Sometimes they do. In fact, the recent book that I'm working on, I found out one of the biggest struggles I've been having over the years is that it's actually two books, not one. And it took me a while to figure that out. And one of the ways you can do that is you can start to wrestle away from your head some of these ideas by actually drawing them out. Put down your book ideas on the page. Don't try to hold them in your head. Don't create a list. Draw out all these ideas that are in your head. Don't hold back. The more you can actually draw out these ideas, the easier it will be for you to actually see them so you understand how important they are. So I suggest you take your time, write down those ideas so that you can see them, and then look for the idea that actually is most important to you. Which idea gives you the most excitement? Which one are you excited about right now? Because that's the idea you start with. How do I know? Because when you write a book, it's hard. You have to dedicate a lot of time and effort to a book. And if you're just casually excited about it, it's not enough. You have to be committed to it. Because when it gets tough, the energy and excitement of why you're writing the book has to carry you through. So know why you're writing it. What will it do for you when you're done? Will it be a sense of satisfaction or a sense of accomplishment? Or will it be something bigger, help you grow your platform, your network, or maybe your business, or help you launch a business? Those are really empowering reasons to write a book. But if you choose one over the other, make sure the one you choose gives you the most excitement because that's the one you should start with. There is no such thing as a good idea. I know that seems strange to say there is good ideas and bad ideas, but there really is none. That's a belief. That's a belief that one has more value than another. And I want to encourage you to start thinking about that books are made for you to write and you write them when you get instructed by the universe, the muse, whatever it is to write it. That's how I want you to focus. That's how you start. Narrow it down to all these books on a page and then choose the one that gets you most excited. Maybe pick the top three and put the rest away. And then the top two. And then finally, this is the one that gets me most excited. That's what I would do, Angie, to help you get focused on what book to write. Hey there, it is Laura Cheadle. And although I have already written a book, I have got another one that is cooking inside of me and I can't seem to get it going. Why? Let me tell you. It's the same hang-up that I had before. It's the same reason that my first book took 10 years, yes, 10 years to get out into the world. It's the fact that I get this concept in my head. I get so excited about what I want to create, but then to break it down and to plan and organize and to create the structure, that just blows my mind. And I think, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to organize. I don't know how to do it. And then I just get overwhelmed and I stop. Yes, even though I've done it before and I know I can do it again. Oh my gosh, where do I start? Because I don't want to start with an outline. I don't want to start with just a random chapter. I just want the whole thing thunk down in an already published, already produced book. Hope you're well. Hope that helps. So great question. Thank you so much for that thoughtful question. Laura, one of the things that I think of is we wish that writing a book once cures all the problems that writing a book brings. How do I start this thing? Like I have an idea. I even have lots of ideas for the book, but where do I put the ideas on paper? And Laura, I can relate. I don't like to create outlines and chapters first. That feels so restrictive and so 
forced and it actually makes me stunted and makes me less inclined to write. So if you don't have an outline and you don't use chapters as your guide, how do you start? That's one of the things we do is help our authors get the words out of their head, the ideas out of their head, so they can get organized, get a simple path for writing, and get to it. But it's a lot easier said than done. So one of the things I would I do is I first get all the ideas out of your head. It doesn't have to be on a single sheet of paper. And I like to draw. I like to encourage people to draw because if you put a little idea down, a symbol or a little stick figure to represent something, it gets it out of your head, but it doesn't mean too much. It doesn't have a words attached to it. So like sketching and drawing are really great ways for your creative brain to engage and not let your left or analytical brain start to take control and say, this is supposed to be this way. So in our events, like in our book, Camp Lie, which is actually coming up May 12th, it's a three-day event where we help people go from, hey, I have an idea, to be able to plan out their entire book, plan out their publishing path, and also their marketing plan all in three days. So getting more done live online in real time with me as your host and guest, guiding you through the process and making you do the activities so that you can get these ideas out of your head and get a path and then be planful and start writing. Because that is the most difficult part. What I like to do is separate the ideas first. So visually. So sometimes I take those ideas that I drew out and I might put them on post-its and then maybe I'll move those post-its around. And then I'll take post-its and start to attach words and move those around. And I try to get organized in a visual way first so that I don't get cluttered. That's really helpful when you're trying to plan for writing is to try to get your mind free of the clutter. But don't make too much meaning. Books change all the time. They're not concrete. They're not just like an idea, a plan that pops out on the page. I'd love my book to just write itself too, Laura, but it doesn't work that way. But you do need a system. You do need a plan. I've helped plenty of other authors, hundreds in fact, write and execute their book ideas. And mainly what I do is help them get out of their own way. And if you're constantly second guessing what you're supposed to be doing, there's no way you're ever going to start. So my goal is to help writers get a clear, simple path, empty their head, know what do I do next, step-by-step, small incremental actions so that they don't get stuck in that what do I do next phase or what do I do now. And if you have that constant path, then you know what's next. You know what to do next and next until the book writes itself. Not really you write it, but that you don't sit spending time worrying about what's the next step. That's the key. You don't want to have to, when you have writing time, you don't want to have to sit there and make choices. You want to know, oh, here's my writing prompt for today. I know exactly what I'm writing. You don't want to start thinking, what should I write today? That's when writers get lost. So a systemic plan and oftentimes a visual plan can be really useful. There's some great tools out there, but sometimes even learning those tools can be a distraction. So you want to be pick the path of least resistance, find the book plan that works for you, but also trust people that have done it before. If you're not an outliner and a planner like that, don't follow somebody's plan that says you should outline. Follow a different path. And I really hope that helps, Laura. I can't wait to read your next book. Hi. So my greatest challenge when it comes to writing is a combination of two things. One's, one is imposter syndrome. I'm not sure I have what it takes to actually write. Who will read what I write? And that stops me. And secondly, it's just that I don't know whether to call it writer's block or just that empty screen, that blank page. I look at it and I go like, hey, so how is that going to get filled? Those are my two main challenges when it comes to writing. Oh my gosh, Susan, thank you so much for this question. Really, it's your challenge. And it's interesting that both of them are related. So when you say one of the biggest challenges you have is staring at that blank screen, that blinking cursor, really what that means is, what am I going to write? Or worse, who am I to write this at all? And imposter syndrome is the thing 
that shows up for all creators, not just writers, but it's the belief of worthiness. Am I worthy to write this? Because if we're not worthy, what are we doing at that computer anyways? Who will read this? And if they read it, will they really care? And if they don't care, will they hate it? What if they leave a bad review? What if they shout at the rooftops how terrible I am, or they figure out I'm a fraud? That's how I feel. Maybe that's how you're feeling. But I want to give you some opportunity here. There is only one person in the world that can write that book that you're thinking, and that's you. How do I know? Because you're the only you that exists. And some people might say, other people have written about that before, and there's people who are more qualified than me, so who am I to write that? You're qualified because of your life, your credentials, your experience, and maybe just your viewpoint. If you leave it to the rest of the world, then someone else will pick up the pencil, the pen, sit before the keyboard, and write it. And you become worthy because you choose yourself. You pick you. There's no need to wait for someone up on high on some pedestal or from some cloud or from some pulpit or from some official university to say, you're chosen. That's not what we need. We need you to say, I choose myself. I choose to show up in the world because I have something to say. There's a reason you were inspired to write this. Maybe you thought I should do this and it's been waking me up or I just feel called to. Or maybe you weren't told you should write this. But that imposter syndrome, when it shows up, I want you to think of it like this, Susan. Think of it like imposter syndrome is my cue. I'm on the right path. Imposter syndrome is my understanding of what it feels like to be an author. All authors feel this. And whether it's real or not, you need to tackle it and hang on to it and ride it like a pony and break that horse or that bronc, that buck or whatever you would say to say, I got this authorship thing. I know you're not real. I know you're just trying to keep me from showing up because I have something great to say. When I work on clients, just like we do in these master classes or in these workshops, we help deal with that because what's bigger than your imposter syndrome, you might wonder? It's your why. Why are you doing this? Why does it matter so much to you? Now, for me, my why finally came to fruition. See, I used to talk about writing a book for 24 years. I kept journals, I took courses, I went to workshops, I did everything but write a book. I even started books that I never finished. I had a list of ideas that never came to me. How did I overcome that? How do I finally conquer that? I tell people it took me 24 years and 30 days to write a book. 24 years to worry about what other people thought, and 30 days when I first decided that I was going to do this to write it. Now, how did I do it in 30 days? That's something I can reveal and share to you in our book Camp Live. But what I really needed was before any of that was, why do I want to do this? And my why was, hey, look, I'm a school teacher. I love teaching. I love kids, but I feel like I'm called to something even bigger, which was scary. But my why was I want to be noticed. I want to start a business. I want to speak on stages. I want to give a TED talk. I want to travel the world. Those were my whys. That's what motivated me. And that became stronger than the imposter syndrome. So sit with that. Just think about that, Susan. What's your why? And be imaginative. This is what I wanted to do. It might seem so big and so scary that maybe you're terrified. Good. That's probably what you need to do. I still have bigger whys than I can possibly imagine. And when I dream big, it's scary. But with that, I see the lives of people, authors, speakers, entrepreneurs I admire. I was like, God, I wish I could do that. And the truth is you can. The world is waiting for you. And no one's going to give you permission. You just have to take the leap. You just have to take the first step and say, I claiming this as my own. And no matter how scared I am or how bad I might think it is, I'm going to do the work. because. Somebody else's opinion of your work is none of your business. Your opinion is, I'm doing this, no matter what. Hi, Azul. The two most difficult things I have discovered when writing my novel, 
One is suspense novel has a very specific plot line structure that you really have to use. And that required me to kill an entire plot line to make the main one actually work within the system of a suspense novel. That's been very interesting for me. Also, I have a author name that I've been using. And when I'm signing up for things like when I was signing up to follow your podcast, for example, I don't know whether to use my real name and my real email address, or do I stick with my author name and my author address when I'm doing everything. So that's interesting too. If I self-publish or even if I go with a publisher, at what point is your real name there? And at what point is your author name there? So those are my two things. Harper, thank you so much for that question. So when do I use my real name and when do I use my pen name? Great question. A lot of times people use a pen name or a pseudonym because they don't want people to know they're writing a book or maybe they're writing a book in a genre that they don't want to be known for. So if I'm writing a little bit on the promiscuous side or I'm writing a a novel that I don't feel quite ready to let people know I'm writing about, I might use a pen name. Or sometimes people use a pen name because, man, they have a full-time job and they don't want their boss to know that they're writing on the side. Whatever your reason, it's okay. But so when do you decide to actually use your real name? That depends. Do you want to be known by your real name? Or do you want your readers just to enjoy the experience? There may be never a reason to use your what given name versus your pen name. I know plenty of authors who make good six figures a month yeah, six figures a month using a pen name because they write a book on five or six different genres and they have multiple pen names. And their job is to make money from their books. I know other authors who use a pen name because they started that way. And frankly, their readers love their name. They can't imagine them having a different name. It doesn't really matter when you choose to use your real name or not, unless you want to start to use that name for something else. So of course, I write books that represent me, Asul Taronis, because I want to be known. I want them to read my book and ask me to speak or read my book and come hear me at a conference. But if I'm going to write a book that maybe I'm not sure I want to be known for, I would use a pen name. So just think about that. Do I want to be known for my name? And maybe you're okay going with a different persona, right? Mark Twain, that isn't his name, right? Do you know that? That's not Mark Twain's actual name. So in fact, I'm leaving it to you to go look it up because many of us think of that very famous author, Mark Twain, but it's not his name. Be cautious and think about it, but don't take it too seriously. It's okay. It just depends on what you want to do. This is Chris Racinos, the CEO of Nurse Leader Network. The biggest issue that I'm facing right now with writing my book is life is happening. So I had this amazing plan on how to carve out time to write my book. I had an amazing plan on exactly when I was going to be writing what and the time I was going to be dedicating. And then life happened. So in the span of two weeks, I am now getting divorced. I had my daughter drive through my garage door and my son was in the hospital. And so I'm now struggling with getting back on track with the book, figuring out and readjusting times in the midst of a huge life crisis. The book is not something I'm willing to sacrifice. It's something that's really important to me. So I'm just trying to figure out how do you deal with getting back into your groove of writing when you've had a huge crisis, just upend everything. So I'd love to hear your suggestions on how I can get back on track. Thanks. Bye. Chris, thanks so much for your question. There's a lot going on there. And sometimes life does get in the way. We have big plans, writing that novel or finishing that book that's going to help our business. And then life happens. It's happened to me many times, actually. Even the course of the current book I'm working on. And I wonder, man, is this the right time? I'm committed to this. Why does so much seem to be getting in the way? I have a lot of empathy for you, and I know that this isn't easy. Be gentle on yourself and 
also be aware that sometimes you just need to take care of what's important to you. But if I were going to give you some advice about how do I get started back when I've had an upset or an interruption in my writing, I would say this. Don't try to go back to the exact habit you had before. So maybe if you're writing an hour a day and then you have to stop and abruptly and you're trying to get back in the flow, one of the things I would do is set a timer for a really small length of time, like eight minutes, eight simple minutes and hit the timer and write. Don't worry if it's good. Don't worry if it's the right thing to write fast and furious. And then at the end of those eight minutes, be done. Give yourself a break. Don't worry about it. Hey, if you write more, awesome but have no more expectation for the day, eight minutes. You'll be surprised how much you write. I could actually almost write 250 words in eight minutes if I really put my hand to it. That's a lot of words. That's actually not bad. In fact, do you know if you wrote eight minutes a day at that pace of 250 words, you could actually finish two books in one year by just writing eight minutes a day. Don't take a big step. Take the smallest step you can. Small steps lead to incremental success. Big steps seem hard to take. Be gentle. Try small steps. If eight's too big, do four. Just remember, every step you take is important. There's an awesome Japanese word called kaizen. And the term really means that the smallest incremental step you can take, not the biggest. Change happens when you take the smallest step possible, not when you try to take the biggest. So use this tool, take the small step, be gentle with yourself, and like always, just show up the next day. If you show up today, that's all you have to worry about. And if today you didn't do it, then show up when the next time you call today. I hope that helps. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. If you are interested in learning more about the Authors Who Lead podcast, go to authorswholead.com. You'll see all the episodes from the past. You can search particular topics you want to learn about, whether it is some topic on imposter syndrome or writer's block, or you want to hear from one of your favorite authors, New York Times bestselling authors, or maybe brand new authors who've never written before in their life. And are putting out their first book. That's what we do this podcast for, is to help you. We rarely do anything that's not oriented around you, and so we have something special just for you because you're a listener. We are about to launch one of the most exciting things that we've done in a long time, which is hosting a live online event. Really, something that's special because I get to interact with you personally. We're calling it Book, book Camp Live. We're calling it Book Camp Live. Now, why Book Camp is so important It helps you get done in three days what would sometimes take three months. You get your book idea planned out, you get your publishing path planned, and you get your marketing plan all done in three days. And I guide you every step of the way. First, you figure out what am I writing about? What's the idea? How do I choose the idea that's right for me? And then how do I execute on that idea? How do I plan out this book so that I can write it, so that I can actually tell other people what it is? How do I select the title and positioning? helping you get focused and excited about the writing plan. And then how do I keep myself accountable to get it done? We help you decide on your publishing path. Should I be a traditional publisher? Or should I self-publish? Or what's the difference between the two? What are the pros and cons? What does Amazon really need from me? Does it cost any money? And if not, how do I do it? Maybe you decide you really want to write a book that's meant to go out right now and use it as a leverage for something big. Maybe you want to hear about how do I get the attention of an agent? We help you pick that path and choose it and then set forward. Then lastly, how do I market my book? How do I launch my book into the world? We help you craft and execute your marketing plan right now so it's not on your mind the entire time you're writing. Get a simple plan for launching and marketing your book so that you have the confidence. Confidence that I can plan my book, 
my book, publish my book, and then launch into the world. We're doing it live in real time so that you get help from me, that you get assignments done in real time, you do the work in small groups, you share it out, I help you personally, and then we have work every evening that you work on. Now, this isn't a program for someone who's just thinking it might be fun. This is a committed workshop. It is a three-day, all-day event, and you will get more done than you could possibly imagine. And there's no more waiting. There's no more stalling. And we're making it super accessible because my coaching programs fill up every single quarter, and I can't take everyone. And sometimes it's difficult to find six months of your life to sit down to write a book. But what if you can get more done in three days than you would get in three months? That's what this book, Camp Live, is about, helping you strategize to get a plan to become a best-selling author. And if this sounds like something you'd like to do, bookcamp.live. And we'll have all the details there. You can sign up. We have a limited number of seats because I am teaching live. I can only teach so many people at once, but we'd love to have you. We'd love to help you finally get that book out of your head and be able to do it in a very short period of time so you're not waiting and waiting for this year to write a book. We're really excited. It's the first time we've offered something like this, and we know that it's going to fill up. So don't wait. Don't delay. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the the questions and challenges you shared with us so that we can help you. And we look forward to seeing you have your book in the world and maybe hosting you here on this podcast where you talk about how you just started with an idea and then finally publish your book. Go to bookcamp.live. All right. Super excited for you. Thank you so much for listening. And like always, we love your reviews. Be honest as you can. It helps us create better content because we want you to be inspired by authors just like you, Authors Who Lead. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author. 